0: Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Today's Great Conversation is with Jasmine Seymour. Jasmine is a Darug woman. She's an educator, author, and illustrator whose first book for children was Baby Business. Today, Jasmine is joining me to discuss her new book for younger readers, along with artist Leanne Mulgo-Watson, Kui Mitagar. I'm Andrew Popel, and every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. We record on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ongoing connection to the land, stolen land that was never ceded. Final Draft explores the best of Australia's books, writing, and literary culture. We're featured on 2SER. Now, the Great Conversations podcast is a chance to hear more of these discussions. Go deeper and explore more. Kuimitigar takes the reader on a journey through Darug Nura. The reader is taken through country and seasons and introduced to words and concepts in Darug and English. It is a fabulous chance to learn language and to share culture, especially with younger readers who can then take it out and use it as they explore their world. Join me as we discover Jasmine Seymour's (laughs) Kuimitigar. I have got an absolutely fantastic book uh, to to introduce today. I'm really excited about this. I, I feel like I want you listeners out there to, get, to want to take this book home. It is called Kui Mitagar, a story on Darug songlines. It's a wonderful book for earlier and younger readers that's told in both Darug and English. Kui Mitigar is written by Jasmine Seymour, and the artist is Leanne Mulgo Watson, and I'm so happy to introduce Jasmine Seymour. Jasmine's a Dura woman, she's an educator, an author, and an illustrator. Warami Jasmine, welcome to Final Draft.
1: Warami Mitigar, hello, friend. Thank you for having me.
0: Kui Mitigar is such a wonderful book, and I read it, I had the chance to read it with my nephew recently, and you know, after we were practicing all these Darug words together, I've decided that I need to share this experience with as many readers, old and young as I can. Um, I mean, and obviously I can't lend everyone my book, so I've got to tell them about it. I've got to get people out there buying it. Before we get, though, to the book, I wanted, if you could, to give us a bit of an introduction, because uh, Darug Nura was the site of invasion in 1788. It's been the site of frontier wars and massacres. But despite what I see now is deficiencies in my own education, perhaps the education of many of us who grew up in the 80s and the 90s, Darug culture and Darug language is still vital and strong in the Sydney region. Can you give us just a little bit of background um, to to what Darug language and culture is before we, we get into the book?
1: Absolutely. I think... Um because of colonization and because a lot of the Dharug mob are fairer skinned than other Indigenous peoples, um, a lot of people think that we don't perhaps exist. But our families have always been here and never left. Um, many of us married into um, uh, the uh, the colonial sort of families, and. Um, We always knew that we were Aboriginal because we had Aboriginal family members who were very obviously Aboriginal. And um, so we've all grown up on country, some of us knowing and some of us not knowing. But as um, we have been getting prouder of our past, we are getting stronger and, um, you know, we're really celebrating our aboriginal history because um i think out here in the hawkesbury for a long long time people were very very um interested in their colonial past and they were very proud of that but you weren't allowed to be proud of your aboriginal past because um you know something terrible would have happened to you uh, like your kids would have been taken off you if you celebrated being aboriginal you know back in in those days or or you wouldn't have got a job, or you would have had some terrible thing um, imposed upon you because you are Aboriginal. But that is that has changed now, and um, we're all a lot freer to be able to discuss that. And it's so wonderful for our, the older members of our community because they very much you know, lived that. And for us now to be able to celebrate that, it's just extraordinary.
0: And now, thanks to your wonderful book, you have this opportunity, we have this opportunity to share this with you. Um, Kui Mitagar, it takes the reader on a journey guided by Mulgo, the black swan. And I really love this, and I hope perhaps you could describe how you've structured this journey and what was important for you in telling readers Mm. about this.
1: Well, when um, we we started conceptualizing this book, we, we wanted, there was no, we didn't have any uh, Darragh language picture books out in community or in schools, And we just really felt like we'd, we were just so desperate to have a, a Darragh language book out there for people to read. And so I was looking at Leanne's gorgeous pictures that she was doing about um, the seasonal changes in Sydney. She was working on a Darug, um calendar. And um, while I was while we were looking at that, the book slowly started to come together and, and as I was, I was um, sort of piecing it together, I was um, also part of the Real Secret River project. That, okay. um, and we were investigating a lot of sites and um, places along the Jerubbin, the Hawkesbury River, and um, walking across, you know, this, this song line, the, the Sydney rock formations, the superhighway, where all these sites were, and um, and the story just came to me. You know, this is the story of our place, of Aboriginal Sydney, and it's extraordinary, and it's all still there, and language opens that up.
0: I think it's really important. I want to second what you're saying there, because radio is not the perfect medium for sharing What is so amazing about Kui Mitagar, but when when I was reading, I noticed the story following the passage of Seasons and Leanne Mulga Watson's illustrations. Like Will and I, as we read, we had so much fun discovering all of the elements that you describe and that you teach us uh, in, in Darug language. And mm. then I would, I would ask, I would ask Will, can you see this on the page? And sometimes they were hidden in constellations or mm. um, magicked away in trees, and, and Will would search, and it was just, it was such a wonderful collaborative experience. I mean, there is so much in this book as an adult, and mm. you know, a lot of adults need to have that excuse of a child in their lap to read it. But I, I say no, just read it yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's quite a, a complicated concept really but through the picture book you know we feel like um you're taken on to country and you read country and that's the experience we really want people to get from it that you're reading country because that's what we do when we're out on country we read it and and country talks to us and we really want that book to mitigate our book to, to speak to you like that
0: so i've been i've been talking about this as a great book to share with family or friends or people that you've just met that you get along with. I, I would, this is such a great book to share, but I was wondering from a more formal perspective where we're at as a country or even at a state level teaching Indigenous languages and what, what you might hope to see from Kui and, and more structured teaching.
1: Well, I would really hope to see, um, you know, it, uh, all, all Indigenous languages incorporated into local school curriculum. So wherever you are at, at your school and whatever country you're on, that that language should be taught. And um, sometimes language is still emerging. You know, we we say that it is waking because it has been mm. sleeping. And and Darug language very much is waking up. And, um, you know, many people in our community... Are getting better and better at at language and I think we're going to see a lot more of it and we, we also want it to be shared very freely you know we want we want this language to become normal we you know so many of the places around Sydney have Aboriginal names and and we'd love to see more of that and schools really embracing um, you know Dari culture because because this is one of the most wonderful things to celebrate I, I, I just it's so rich for all people, you know. And Indigenous people have always been very giving in their knowledge and and their acceptance of, of people onto their country. And sharing in language is another way that we can, you know, celebrate Aboriginal people.
0: That's something that I have always found astounding is that, you know, despite centuries of invasion and violence there is still such generosity in terms of sharing culture and sharing language and wanting that to be i guess i, I if it's fair to say like kind of a, a part of a shared history despite some of the horrors really? of, the, of the 200 last 200 years um i was really interested you got me really curious though about about this idea of education and bilingual education in schools um my yeah. wife my wife's an early childhood teacher and i know that incorporating uh, aspects of language into the curriculum as they you know, teach it to the kids is so important to her and um I'm I'm so happy she's got a copy of Kui Midgar to take to her school so she doesn't steal mine and I can
1: Fabulous.
0: read it I had I got had I got a chance to read it again before I spoke to you. <laughs> yeah. But in my research I, I checked out the New South Wales Board of Education. It does have information, you know, sort of specific to the learning and teaching of Aboriginal languages in schools. I noticed it was a little dated at November two thousand and sixteen, but I was drawn to this juxtaposition of teaching goals that they um, they put in this uh, in this document, where they say learning an Aboriginal language strengthens Aboriginal students' identity and pride, uh, and uh, cultural identity, but then. For non-Aboriginal students, learning a local Aboriginal language provides an insight into and better understanding of the world's oldest living cultures. To my ears, the goals for non-Aboriginal students kind of sounded a little ancillary rather than fundamental to a child's educational experience. And I I wondered if you had any thoughts there, like, is there a more integrated approach that we could be taking for all students to learn and, and have this as a part of their life?
1: I would really hope so. I, I think it is starting to change because for a long time it has been very separate and it's been for us and then for them. But I think that that mindset is changing mm-hmm. and um, you know, that enriches everyone. You know, It really, really does. It doesn't leave anyone out. And the more people that get to experience and, and speak um, language like that... It's true. The better understanding they have, and it really does enrich your life, and it w- enriches your experience of living in, on country. And it not—it also kind of normalises the whole, um, you know, us. Uh, well, not us and them, but you know, it, we're all in it together, you know. And it—and that is very much something that Aboriginal people want. We don't want it to be us and them. We never
0: have. I just think also there is, I mean. Y- you hate to get too mercenary about it, but there's also a, a wealth of research and knowledge generating around the benefits of bilingual language learning for oh. a child's neuro-linguistic development, executive functioning. Um, you know, Australia is essentially... there. Are, there is so much language diversity, but from a dominant culture perspective, it is essentially a monolingual culture, which, which means, you know, I, I am at a disadvantage being dominant culture because I learned one language um, and I wish, so, I wish so much this conversation was being had, you know, 40 odd years ago so that when I started, you know, when I was born and growing up, I had these opportunities. But it's, I, I think it's so great that we can provide them for our children.
1: Well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, learning another language is just incredible in the sense that, you know, the English, the English word for heart, example, just means heart to us, you know. Mm. But the, the, the darig word for heart is but and that's, you know, that onomatopoeia, the sound of the heartbeat, but mm. And, you know, that extra layer of meaning to that word really enhances your, your knowledge about that concept, the heart, what it does. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and the more words you learn like that, and the better for you for your understanding of the world. So it really is incredible. And uh, yeah, I would really encourage um, the everyone to become bilingual. All
0: right, you've you, what a great segue there, Jasmine. Um, the time has come. I've I've tried my best uh, to incorporate some Darug in my in my interview with you, uh, but older ears always need more practice with languages. But I, I've, I've got to ask, what are some essential Darug dalang that you would like to share and you would like maybe some of the listeners to learn? Are there are there some particular words that you, you could perhaps share with us right now?
1: Well I think a good one for this afternoon is Bujuri um, gumara. Good afternoon. Budjari gumara.
0: Bujuri gumara?
1: Yeah, Bujari Gumara. Um, yanu is goodbye.
0: Yanu. Well, I'm not going to say have, not, not yet, not yet, yeah. Jasmine. Give me another <laughs> couple yet. of minutes, and I will say Yanu.
1: Yanu. <laughs> Yanu is goodbye. Um, what's another great word? The um, Nura means country. Nura.
0: nura. Nura.
1: Yeah, Nura means country. Birong is stars.
0: Birong is stars. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Um, the word for white cockatoo is Kirui.
0: Kirui. Yeah, I remember. I remember reading that. I think in the book, and uh, Will and I got a chance to talk about some some that we had seen that day. So that's one to definitely, you know, you take mm. out into the world with you.
1: Yeah, of course. And the word Kui, of course, which is sounds more like gooey, mm. but um, that that of course means come here, and that's you know an ancient, ancient word that mm. has been welcoming people to Dharug country. For, for many, many, many generations and many thousands of years. Um, wombat is a Darug word.
0: Mm, I, I saw some of these words that I just thought, I, I hear them and they we've, we've incorporated them into our English usage, but it was so wonderful to, to discover that about them.
1: Yes, I, I know. And, and they say that um, there is more Darug language in um, Australian English than any other language because at the beginning it sort of melded together a little bit and many of our words got embraced by everyone. So that's very interesting, isn't it?
0: I I don't think there is any... Particular time of the year that is better or worse uh, for buying books, but Jasmine, you, you might agree with me that this is a time where people's thoughts turn to to buying things and gifts. So, I'm I'm going to say it again: Kui Mitiga, uh is just this incredible book to share with everyone in your life. So, if you've got little people, or if you are a little person, um, this would be this would be a fantastic gift uh, for this sort of end of the year time. Jasmine, thank you so much for taking the time to share um, a little bit about the book.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for, for loving our book. And we love it very much, and we're so so excited to have it out in the world.
0: Before I say Yanu, I wanted to ask one more. Is there a Darug word for thank you that I can, I can share with you? Didgerigore. gore? Dijirigo, Jasmine. I have appreciated so much your time sharing Kui Mitiga. I hope so many other people get the chance to discover it. And we have a new generation to look forward to who will be speaking even more, Darug, in Sydney and across Australia. Uh, Yanu Jasmine, uh, Dijirigo. Dijirigo, Yanu,
1: thank you.
0: That's it for this great conversation with Jasmine Seymour. Jasmine's new book for younger readers is Kui Mitiga, and it's out now through Magabala Books. Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2SEL's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Poble. To keep up with the latest in books, writing, and literary culture, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow us on this podcast. Just hit subscribe, and it means you'll get a new episode every week, even even through summer, even across the holiday period, there's going to be a new episode. My name is Andrew Popel. I will be back with more great conversations from Final Draft next week. Till then, happy reading.